Hey, I'm Amanda from Trifecta Fitness. We're proud to be Clarksville's new Get Fit headquarters. Trifecta Fitness is a state-of-the-art spin and strength training studio. Our spin studio is truly one of a kind in this area, complete with 20 state-of-the-art live fitness bikes and an incredible sound system. Our strength training is done in small groups of six or fewer, and all of our strength and spin classes are scalable for every level of experience. Come see us in the heart of Clarksville, just behind Mapco at the corner of Old Trenton Road and Wilma Rudolph Boulevard. Call us for more info at 931-542-6265 or download our Trifecta Fitness app for a full list of upcoming classes. In October 2019, Arlington, Texas was chosen to be the home of a new national museum, unlike any other. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a unique home of military history. The 100,000 square foot museum will house exhibits, archives, and artifacts relating to the 3,500 U.S. troops who have been awarded the medal, the nation's highest honor for valor in combat. The museum will have 31,000 square feet of galleries dedicated to U.S. troops who have received the award. The museum CEO, former Navy SEAL and NASA astronaut Chris Cassidy said the museum will focus on education as much as preservation. The building will have five areas dedicated to Medal of Honor winners from the Army, Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force, and Coast Guard. The main gallery will be located in a central plaza under a 25,000 square foot slab of steel, which will appear to be suspended in midair. It will be supported by five pillars. Black Rifle Coffee is a corporate sponsor of the museum, as are the Dallas Cowboys. The museum's board also includes over a dozen major corporations and six Medal of Honor recipients, including David Bellavia, Patrick Brady, and Britt Slabinski. Army Staff Sergeant Bellavia was awarded the medal for clearing an entire house by himself on November 10, 2004, as a squad leader in support of Operation Phantom Fury in Fallujah, Iraq. He killed four enemy fighters and wounded a fifth in close quarters battle. Army Major General Brady flew and coordinated the evacuation of 51 seriously wounded men during a firefight in Vietnam in January 1968. Slabinski, a Navy SEAL chief and team leader, led a rescue team of SEALs during Operation Anaconda in Afghanistan in March 2002. Slabinski and his team flew to a mountaintop ambush site to rescue Petty Officer First Class Neil Roberts, who had fallen from the back of a helicopter. Slabinski led the team through almost constant combat against an entrenched Taliban force. Along with the board members, former presidents Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama serve as honorary directors. The museum is expected to open to the public in late 2024. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Fit Nation. We are a show founded by a veteran and hosted by two veterans and a military spouse. Our mission is to get people to tell their story to the world. If you're an author, share your tips with Misfit Nation. If you're a musician or actor, our audience needs to know how they too can get into the business. Coaches, we love our coaches. Come on and share some of your tips with the Misfit Nation to help them become better versions of themselves. If you're a corporate leader or an entrepreneur, come on and share how you did it and how hard you have fought for success. If you are a veteran, first responder, or Gold Star family, we would love to have you come on and just share your story with the Misfit Nation. We always have time for you. If you're feeling down, alone, 
are starting to see the darkness. Stop. Think about those who are around you. You are not alone. You will be missed. If you feel like your problems will be a burden to those in your inner circle or are embarrassed, dial 988. If you are a veteran, take option one. We need you to keep pushing forward. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, welcome to the Misfit Nation. Be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps and also on our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell to keep you up to date with our latest episodes and all of our news. You can also find us on Heroes Media Group and About Face Radio. Now, let's get to the show. All right, all right. Welcome back. Today we have an awesome guest coming in. He served our country during the volatile time, and in the in the service of his country, he was serving in the United States Navy in the Vietnam era. So, without further ado, let's welcome U.S. Navy veteran Steve Gooch to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Steve. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to have you here, and great Thanks to for having me. And great to have the opportunity to talk to you about your. Uh, about your service there in Vietnam and of course your service to the country and to to the world after that. I mean it's been a long time since you got out of the military and you've done probably a lot of amazing things. So if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about before you uh, you wound up in the Navy going to Vietnam and then what happened after. Uh graduated from high school in sixty four. Uh, I was going to attend the University of Maryland and play baseball there, but uh times being what they were, uh I decided to to join the uh, the armed forces and ended up selecting the Navy. Uh, joined on February 9th, nineteen sixty five, uh, and was off to the Great Lakes. Uh, spent some cold weather time in in basic training. Uh, from there, I was transferred to Pensacola, Florida, where I spent a couple of years. Uh, Became an aviation hydraulics mechanic. Uh, if it leaked, we fixed it. Uh, and uh, from there was transferred to Quonset Point, Rhode Island, uh, right up by Providence, Rhode Island. And uh, about a third of my squadron a few months later went to uh, uh, Da Nang uh, on a TDY assignment for 90 days. And uh, nine months later, I came home. Uh, typical 90 day assignment, but, uh, uh, you know, we, uh, had a terrific group of guys from my squadron in Rhode Island that, uh, uh, every one of us volunteered. Uh, I kind of got talked into volunteering, not knowing exactly where I was going, but, uh, you know, uh, I just should have asked better questions, I guess, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, didn't make my mom happy to find out where I was at, but, uh, you know, other than that, it was, you know, getting a job done that needed to be done. Uh, but that's how it began. Uh, I think that's how a lot of the volunteering happened while in service. You volunteer based on, or everyone else is going, I might as well volunteer to go to, and then you didn't know what the name really was probably, or, or where this beautiful Indochina was you were, you were going to at the time. And, Next thing you know, you're 
in the in the beautiful Vietnam. I I knew exactly where Da Nang was, and I knew exactly that I didn't want to be there. But <laughs> uh, a a dear friend of mine, a Lieutenant Mo, who I had been stationed in Pensacola, Florida, with, and played some ball with down there, uh, said, uh, "Hey Stevie, he says uh, you want to go TDY and work on some helicopters for about ninety days." I said no. Uh-uh. And he said, oh, come on. He says, I'm going. We'll have a lot of fun. I said, well, if you're going, I'll go. Came into work the next day, and my chief called me across the hangar and kind of jogged over to him. And he says, what What, what you doing volunteer to go into expletive Vietnam? <laughs> said, I'm going to Vietnam, chief. And he goes, they're cutting your orders now, boy. So I had to ask Lieutenant Mo where our TDY assignment was. Uh and uh, he, his, his first answer was, so Southeast Asia. And I said, no, Mo, where are we going? <laughs> and he told me, and I wasn't, wasn't real happy, but, you know, figured what the heck, he's going, we'll have a good time. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm sure you have some uh, good stories about both sides of that before you uh, did your TDY, your 90-day, nine-month TDY, and, you know, the time before and after that in service. Any awesome stories from back then that, Listeners would say, oh, that's exactly what we still do now. It's still funny now, but let's hear your versions of some of those stories. Well, one thing for sure is they fed us very well while we were there. So that's that's the only upside. There's plenty of Budweiser and, uh, you know, provided by Anheuser-Busch, and none of it was Bud Light. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and, we, and we ate well. We had... Uh, we had helicopters on the pad 24 hours a day uh, in the event that there was a pilot or an emergency that needed extraction from uh, North Vietnam and Cambodia, uh, which at the time we couldn't talk about after I'd gotten out for about 24 years because we weren't in North Vietnam or Cambodia. Uh, 24 years later, they decided, well, it's okay if you talk about where you were at. Uh, but, uh, had occasions to to, to fly, fly in to, to pick up down pilots uh, on three occasions. Uh, it's just everybody on that base was ready to ready to go anytime uh, that, that the emergency arose. It was just incredible human beings that I served with. Uh, and uh, you know hindsight's 2020. Uh, my time in the military was uh, one of the great honors of my life. Um, while I was doing it, it was just a job, uh, a job that that had a job that had some certain dangers that the rest of the world doesn't go through. Uh, and uh, and you, you never, you, you just didn't think about it at the time. It was just you know. First off, I was 19 and 20 years old and I was indestructible, so it didn't matter what I was doing. I was going to be just fine. Uh, I can't hear where the crap today because I never wore, you know, hearing protection. I was 19. I didn't need it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, I wish it was still a draft. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wasn't drafted, but I, I, I wish there was still a draft. It would, uh, Serving, serving our country is an honor. 
uh, and whether they're you know in, in enlistees or or, or or drafted people, uh, there, there's very few people that actually regret having served in the military in the United States. Uh, don't know what to say beyond there. I mean, you said a lot right there, and I want to dive into some of the search and rescue stuff and the adrenaline that you had to be feeling and being a 19, 20 year old indestructible human at that time. You didn't have the hindsight again is 2020, so you didn't know what you didn't know at that point. What are you going into? You knew you had to go save an American. How was that rush when you got on the bird and you're flying out there into the unknown, knowing that they just got shot down and you had to go in there and get them? Uh, well, first, you, you don't know specifically what you're going into. You know that you're hoping that you fly in and uh, pick somebody up and there's there's no resistance. And uh, on two of my three trips, that's exactly what we had. We, we were able to, to locate the, the, you know, the downed aircraft. And uh, on the third one, uh, the adrenaline, which you're right, there, there is an increase in your adrenaline and you're pumped up when you when you jump on the you know, jump in the helo uh, that you know, takes you in. But, you know, when you go into a, an area where there's a pilot and a co-pilot down and, you know, you, you know exactly where they're at and uh, there's about 200 North Vietnamese regulars coming to, they, they'd like to get to know the pilot and the, and the, and the co-pilot. They'd like to gotten to know those that came in to try and pick them up. But when the Hueys got there, the enemy dispersed. Uh, you know, door guns are, are pretty amazing. Uh, and uh, I uh, was picking up a, a, a gentleman who's about five foot four, five five, which is not unusual for a pilot, and about 150 pounds. I was about 136 pounds and it didn't feel like I'd picked up hardly anything. Uh, he had a broken leg and, uh, you know, I handed him my weapon and said, don't drop this. <laughs> we took off and, and, and ran about 80 yards over to, to where, you know, the Gila was waiting for us and uh, got out of there. Uh, exchanged uh, Christmas cards with him for about 25 years. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, lost lost contact after that. And wow, uh, that was a, a situation where I was put in a in a position of uh, having to stop somebody from coming after he and I. Uh, Not a position a lot of people understand at all. Uh, and and we'll leave that right there. Uh, yeah, it's just it's not a it's not Hollywood. It's a totally different feeling when you have to make that decision, especially as a young man, make that decision Amen. in a moment's notice. And maybe there's there, there's some people that that I've spoken to over the years, other combat veterans that say, you know, that never bothered me a bit. And I just say to myself, they're lying. Yeah, it does bother you. It bothered me anyhow. Uh, bothers me today. Uh, but 
you mentioned something else earlier about a service service to our country and you said the draft and I've been saying this since since I be right before I retired. I said we need to make it mandatory for everyone to do two years of service to our country. Just like all I absolutely people. agree with that. I don't think any, uh, if you can't serve in the military, serve your community. Do something to serve and give back. Yeah. Thanks for a handout. Yeah, even, even if you can't be active duty military, there's yeah, uh, there's there's support jobs all over the country involving uh, government. Involving whether it be state, local, uh, you know, where it might not be the greatest pay in the world. Uh, the military certainly isn't or hasn't been in the past. Uh, but uh, it's, it's hard to think of, of, of service that, that's not military for me. I mean, uh, that's where, you know, that's where you have a regimented life and there's, set of values and rules and regulations and you're going to follow them or uh military justice is a lot swifter yes. uh, than uh out here in the world definitely uh, not politically motivated so. uh, but uh yeah it, it, and that's really off the line of what i was thinking about but uh yeah i, I just think that I'm like you. I think that military service or service to our country would be good for everybody. Uh, whether it's before you go to college, if you're not going to college after you get out of high school or after you, you know, finish your, finish college or finish, finish your schooling you know, serve your country. Uh, but. I'm saying agree with that. And that, I mean, you, You've lived a pretty long life after the after the time in service. What did you do after you stay with aviation, or did you go to a different field? Well, no, I, I as a matter of fact, I, I applied for a job with United Airlines uh, down at National Airport in in D.C. It's now Reagan National Airport, uh, and uh, that was a process that took about two months. And they finally called up and said, "Yeah, we've got a position for you." And I said, "No, that's a lot like work. I'm, I've become a salesman." Uh, and I've been in sales uh, my entire adult life, uh, mostly in the automobile industry. Uh, you know, ended up uh, in in service uh, in in a Toyota dealership the last ten or fifteen years that I was there. And uh, you know, it was car business was very good to me. Uh, I was in about four years ago, five years ago, I'd retired and. Uh, I was moving to Florida and I stopped in, in middle Tennessee, just outside of Nashville to visit my sister uh, on my way South. And after three weeks in God's country, uh, I said, they can bury me here. I don't need to go to Florida. And uh, yeah, I live in, in uh, Cottontown, Tennessee right now, which is uh, about 30 miles out of Nashville uh, and just a lovely area. Uh, really, really happy to live here. Me too. I'm about 40 minutes uh, west of Nashville. So, yeah, you're over in the Clarksville area. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm running right right the borderlands of Kentucky here. Yep. Try to keep some of the Kentucky people on their side of the line, but it, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's a job. Yes, sir. Uh, me and my brother just spent the, the weekend down uh, in uh, Lebanon at the racetrack. Yeah. That's our weekend down there. So, as part of the Misfit Nation, as media. 
And it's a different a different experience when you're there reporting it than it is when you're, I guess, just enjoying it. So we had a good time. You know, yeah. A lot more a lot more drivers, a lot more celebrities, a lot more big wigs in NASCAR than we ever would have if we were just there watching the race. So it was pretty cool. That's that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, uh, I I look at, you know, what's certain things that I guess, you know, not only bother me, but bother a lot of people. And that's the, the plight of homeless veterans. Uh, I mean, there's well over a hundred thousand men and women who have served our country faithfully, uh, honorably, uh, that have fallen on hard times. And, uh, whether it's from, uh, whether it's from post-traumatic stress, uh, whether it's just, you know, things that can go well. Uh, yeah, it just uh, breaks my I was, heart. I was speaking to a young man yesterday. He was about, I think, 27 years old, homeless veteran. And I asked him what I can do to help him or what, he needs to get a hand up instead of a handout. And he told me what happened to him. He made a 30-second decision, made a bad choice, and his life spiraled. Yeah. I said, well, that 30-second choice made your life spiral. Now you can make a 30-second choice to make it spiral back up. Yep. Do something today to make it go back the other direction. And he just had tears in his eyes. I said, there's people that will help you. I told him where Operation Stand Down Tennessee is. Uh, in downtown. Yeah. So get on. Get money and get on the bus to get there. He hopefully he went there and Operation Stand Down will take care of him and get him set up in the right path as long as he is uh well let's go along with it. That's great. Uh I know that with the you know with the with the VA, uh yeah, there's a lot of help through the VA, but you know most people don't even know they have VA benefits available to them, whether it be for, for health or for uh, finding a job or, uh, you know, reach out to your local veterans administration. Uh, if you need help, if they can't help you, they'll tell you, but they don't tell a lot of people just go away. We can't help you. You know, they, they, they'll do everything they can and get you pointed in the right direction. Or, uh, if they can't help you, you know, internally themselves, they'll try and find somebody that will. They usually have uh, some kind of resource book there to tell them, Hey, we can't help you, but, Exactly. This exactly. guy can't call this number. They'll even pick you up from here so you don't have to go anywhere. They'll pick you up and take you to their office. Yep. Absolutely. They've got a, a shuttle that will, you know, uh, I guess within within quote unquote within reason will, yes. will come get you. Right. And uh you know, within reason to the VA is not, you know, you gotta live within five miles. It's it's they they'll go get you. Uh they don't want to see any veterans out there homeless so they want to do everything they can to help uh they'll help in in finding finding work for you they'll help in in getting you fed getting you a meal uh and uh getting you off the street if they can right but, everything they can and and it comes down to your willingness to first receive help and to stick with it some of them it, they just don't believe someone's trying to help them. They think you're trying to hurt them for some reason. Right. Like hurt before. And that's a whole other problem. That's the mental health portion of it. 
you got to get them to start thinking about self-care and maybe accepting that help and walking forward into the light. Wow. That's very well said, brother. Uh, and uh, I, think, I, I wish think I had more. Your passion for that is is great. And your passion for the VA being from the Vietnam era is amazing because most Vietnam vets I talk to about the VA, they're, they're the total other side of the spectrum for the VA. And the first time I ever went to a VA hospital was uh, in 68 or 69. And I went to the one in Washington, D.C. with my service-connected injury. And I said when I left there, if I ever had to come back here again, I'd just as soon blow my brains out. Wow. Uh, you know, it, it just... Too many people survived Vietnam because they never expected people to come home in the condition they did. Uh, you know, medicine got too good for... Medicine got good and the VA never got prepared. Uh, and it, it's not that they didn't care. It's not that they weren't trying. They just didn't, you know, the government hadn't made the resources available to them. Uh, and, uh, you know, I didn't even know when I went down the first time that, you know, what they were doing for me with my, you know, uh, left shoulder injury uh, ended up leading to a, permanent disability condition, uh, which you know, started off at 20%, which was funny because about six months later, I got a letter that, you know, you've been rated at 20% total disability or 20% disability for your shoulder injury. Uh, and I got a $55 check for six months, which came out to 330 bucks. And I said, this will buy, buy my beer the entire semester at the University of Maryland. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. That's exactly what I thought about it. That's beer money. That's just great. But, uh, and I've been involved with the VA ever since. I mean, I've had, you know, most of the work I've done in, in my lifetime, I had insurance available to me where I didn't need to go to the VA. Uh, anything involving my shoulder, of course, I would go to the VA. But other than that, uh, but now, I mean, uh, I use Veterans Administration for all of my health care uh, and, uh, and, and I'm incredibly happy to have that available to me. The, the, the VA hospital in Nashville, Tennessee and, and Murfreesboro are terrific medical institutions with uh, great staffing, great doctors. Uh, I mean, I, I, I just... I've dealt with the VA in the in the DC metro area in West Virginia and now in uh, Middle Tennessee and there's nothing I've not experienced anything like what like we have here in Middle Tennessee. It's just a terrific. Uh, I think the system here is a lot better than other places. Uh, yeah, and and just real happy that that it's available to me. Uh, in Nashville, the doctors there, a lot of people don't understand that a lot of the doctors that work in the Nashville VA are right straight out of Vanderbilt University. Right from Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt Hospital right to there to do some attending. Yep. And they get some more repetitions on real patients. So right. 
you get world-class doctors at the national VA. The only thing I don't like about the Murfreesboro uh, VA is that it's so big. And if you don't know where you're going, you're just going to want to spread out. Yeah. You'll be in circles for a while, but it is, it's a beautiful campus. And I think everything is set up pretty well once you know where things are. Yeah. I've only been up there twice, but, uh, it's when I needed a specialist who was available there and not in Nashville and got sent up there, but, uh, yeah, but you're right. It is a gorgeous campus up there. Yeah, I do most of my care up here in Clarksville. But my primary yeah. care, VA. They, they built a nice facility here. Now the old facility was kind of, kind of made you feel bad when you walked in there. It's all dungeon. <laughs> and then, then they opened up this bright, shiny one, big windows, and everyone's happy when you walk in there. So it's a lot different. I've had the yeah. same PCM now for three years. So, for a while, oh wow. It was changing yeah. every year. I was, I was like going through the same story every year. I've had the same one three years now, so it feels good. Yeah. Uh, Steve, any advice you would give uh, those young veterans coming out or even a youngster thinking about joining the military, either to join the military or the veteran coming out, uh, how to take care of themselves as they go through life? Well, I, I don't think I quite know how to how to break it down other than, you know, my life experience has been centered in and around my relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you don't know the Lord, I hope you come to know the Lord. If you do, uh, then the VA wants to help you. Uh Hopefully you you had some type of schooling or, or job preparate or job in, in the military that you can apply to civilian life. Uh, you know, uh, if you're able to go back to school, if you, you know, depending on your, your level of education, uh, if you need more education to be able to pursue what you, your, your life's ambition, uh, by all means, get it. The VA is, is there to help you financially with education also. Uh, I don't know what the benefits are today coming out. I know that, you know, retirement planning and so forth is, is certainly different than it was when, when you and I were in the service. Yes. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, when I went in, if you, if you serve 20 years, you're going to retire on 50% of what you were making, uh, basically. Uh, or more you know, coming out into, into retirement. Uh, now it's, you got to save as you go along the match the funds and, you know, uh, somebody who's very frugal about saving money could be way better off, but most people are, uh, I, I just, I just don't know enough about today's uh, service availability. I know that the VA is, is very strong in helping young men and women, coming out of the service now. Uh, and there's, there's something that if you have ladies that are watching, uh, your podcast, and I, and I hope there are, the VA is maniacally proactive in helping female veterans and their families. I mean, they are, it's an all out hands on all hands on deck, help the women that have served our country uh, now that they're out in, in, you know, in the civilian life, if they need our help, we're here to help them. Uh, you see more and more, you know, ladies at the VA compared to 
30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago. Uh, you know, and it's, I, I, I applaud the VA for it. Uh, every place you go throughout the VA, there's, there's literature on the walls, uh, that ladies, we want to help. Uh, and, and, and they really truly mean it. Uh, guys, if you're, if you're watching this podcast, uh, and, and you need help, whether it's, uh, work related, whether it's housing related, whether it's medical, give the VA a call. The worst they can tell you is no, you don't qualify, but they don't tell that to very many people. Uh, they're there to help you. Uh, and, uh, if you're, if you're saying to yourself, you know, she was 18, 19, 20 years old. What am I going to do with my life? To me, it's hard to believe that you would regret joining the United States Navy, Army, Marine Corps, Coast Guard, or whatever the new thing is. Space Force. <laughs> Space Cadets. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting old and cynical, but uh, uh, yeah, freedom's not free, boys and girls. That's a great way to end that right there, Steve. Uh, I think that's an awesome final sentence. Freedom is not free, and I think if we get that in the heads of a lot of the, our younger generation and even those who yep. just skipped life and just kind of been skipping through life doing whatever they can not to do anything, if they understand that, they'll understand why people serve why it's better for them to even give two years. Give two years of your life, get, get a skill, get a skill that you'll have for the rest of your life. It could just be leadership or it could be like you, aviation technology, aviation hydraulics. I mean, uh, my niece is in the Navy now. She does metal work. Amazing, amazing yeah. decision to go into basically with the CBs, I guess. So she, she's made an awesome decision to do that and, and to see the world. And if she, she got this. With, if she's working with the CBs, she's got an opportunity of a lifetime. She's uh, doing great. Man. It's, she, she, she's she's a... Wow. Yeah. I never uh, said I didn't see you coming. I thought she'd go Air Force. Again, brother, I, I thank you so much for having me. I wish I had... Uh... <laughs> Uh, no, I, I wanted to join the military. I, I wasn't taking a vacation. <laughs> uh, you know, as far as I, I, uh, yeah, uh, Air Force just wasn't for me. But, uh, <laughs> anyhow, again, thank you for having me. I wish I'd been better prepared. Oh, you're um, good. But, Great, Steve. Uh, Thank you, and I uh, have a great uh, uh, July. And I, look, I look forward. To, I look forward to meeting you on that. Yeah, Definitely, look yeah. to meeting you on that. Definitely, we're not and, far yeah, away from each other. Yeah, not that far apart. Yeah, uh, get some hot get chicken together with there. Dennis sometime in the future. Yeah, awesome. Uh, super. Awesome. God bless have you, and thank you for having me. No right. problem. Have a good weekend. Bye. You too, sir. Thanks for checking us out and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com. It's themisfitnation.com to catch up on all of our episodes and also to get some of that great Misfit Nation gear. As always, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling because we are 